Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Wednesday the 23rd of March and as usual with all the information contained in this briefing it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. If you need to you can always pause the PowerPoint slide here and read our disclaimer in full or if you're listening to on a podcast Wherever you may be, you can head on over to the marcustoday.com.au website and read our disclaimer there. Another solid night on the US markets. Uh, that's five out of six now. Uh, Meatloaf would be proud of doubling up his two out of three, uh, but we've got five out of six now with the Dow Jones closing up 254 points or 0.74% to 34,807. NASDAQ up 1.95%, 270 points, 14,109. And the S&P 500 up 1.13% in the middle for Diddle, up 50 points to 45.12. So a good night was had by one and all. This was despite the fact that US yields were pushing higher once again. So we've got 10 years pushing up. The other parts of the bond curve also pushing up but the U.S. equity market pushing up as well, recovering nicely, bouncing well. Tesla, uh, one of the leaders last night as Elon Musk cut the ribbon on his gigafactory in Berlin. So now he will be able to supply the European car market directly from Germany with his Teslas rather than coming out of China. So that is a big tick. He even did a little dance for the audience there. Tesla was actually up uh, 7.9%. So Kathy Wood would be pretty happy about that. Bitcoin also up last night, so doubly happy, I guess. That was up around 3%. But the US market very much in bounce mode, very much in rally mode. That was despite those comments coming out of Jerome Powell on the 50 basis point potential rise. And many analysts now suggesting that this is a sign that the US economy is actually strong and that there is no sign of recession appearing despite rates normalizing. Let's face it, uh, the US economy is going gangbusters at the moment, unemployment at record lows, etc. So if the US economy can't handle rate rises going back to a more normalized setting, you have to wonder what is wrong with the underlying US economy. So everything is set fair in the markets at the moment. Spy futures up 31 and we'll get to that in a minute, 73.43. So they were doing well. VIX index down one point. So we are seeing that volatility collapsing as time goes by and people get more comfortable with the current settings, not only from the Fed, but also the events happening overseas, oil prices, commodity prices, inflation outlook, etc. But the VIX down to 23, 2.51% down. Uh, it did peak in the mid 30s. So we've come down a long way. And I think that's the sixth or seventh successive fall for the VIX. Heading on over to commodity prices, we saw Brent crude down, there we go, down 0.12 of a percent, 14 cents to 115 spot 48 US dollars a barrel. In Asian trade, it did spike higher uh, and we did see it up to around 118. But coming off that, uh, there is some talk about European descent on sanctions in terms of those oil embargoes coming out of Russia. Germany, of course, has the most to lose because it gets most of its energy, well, a large proportion of its energy 
from Russia. So is reluctant to join the embargo of Russian oil, as are a number of other small European countries as well, which rely on that energy coming out of Russia. So for the time being, uh, that seems to be safe. Uh, WTI down 36 cents to 111.67 or 76 US dollars a barrel. And gold down slightly a smidge, down eight bucks, 1921 spot 50.41 of a percent. Iron ore also easing back down 1.16% or a dollar 75 to 148.48. In other commodities last night, copper was unchanged. Nickel, surprisingly, wasn't down, limit down. It was only down nine and a half percent, but that certainly has been uh, a one-way slide towards the mid-20s in terms of uh, $1,000 a tonne US for nickel. Aluminium pretty much unchanged. Zinc down 1%, lead up 1.1%, and ton uh, down 0.7%. Metal stocks overseas not really doing too much last night. Freeport McMoran was up 07 Alcoa down 09 Tech up 1.7. Anglo unchanged. Glencore up 0.9. Vale down 1.9%. And Arbomile, so good for lithium stocks again, up 3.5%, so doing quite well. We have BHP, though, down around 0.85%. And Rio down 1.6% in US ADR trade. Here you got the S&P 500. You can see uh, it was pretty firm out of the blocks and meandered around for most of the day before closing relatively um, not far from its highs of around 45.21, closing in around 45.13. So not a bad day all round for the S&P. And once again, we are seeing that bounce back and the market getting more sanguine about the prospects for the US economy and those rate rises. This is despite, as I say, those uh, yields pushing higher again as bond prices fall. In the US, in terms of technology stocks and other stocks, we had Apple up 2.1, Meta, the artist formerly known as Facebook, up uh, 2.4, Google up 2.8, Microsoft up 1.6, Amazon up 2.1, Tesla with that ribbon cutting and the big dance up 7.9%. Netflix up 2.2. US banks better as well. Bank of America, the standout, along with Wells Fargo. Bank of America up 3.1 and Wells up 4.4. And Block, it's hip to be square, was up 5.2%. So that will bode well for SQ2 in our market and probably help Zip and some of the other technology stocks around. Twitter up 2.6% overnight as well. Major stories coming out of the international world. We have Russian airstrikes wreaking havoc on Mariupol, uh, turning the Ukrainian city to ashes. Not a great look, unfortunately, and very tragic events unfolding still in Ukraine. But markets, unfortunately, are turning to other things at the moment. Federal policymakers lean into bigger rate hikes to fight inflation. There is now the odds of a, um, I think it's seven and a half uh, rate increases of a quarter point uh, this year, the half being the prospect of a half point rate increase at one of the meetings. So that seems to be the most likely scenario at the moment. China is searching for survivors from the plane crash. Cause still unclear, but it certainly looks as if uh, there is was an extraordinary video on uh, YouTube of that plane crashing. So it does seem to be some serious event has taken place. We're not sure what yet. But uh, obviously Boeing uh, is in front and centre there, although there is uh, obviously the scope for some sort of um, violent activity against the aeroplane. 
Uh, Dancing Musk hands drivers first Teslas from the new German Gigafactory. And the US Supreme Court picks Jackson, uh, defends representing Guantanamo detainees. Traders warn of a Russian-related diesel and gas shortages. Well, they would, wouldn't they? And hackers hit authentication firm Oktar. Customers may have been impacted. Interestingly, this morning I was watching CNBC and they were saying that the amount of money that the US companies spend on cyber security is still very, very small. So there is potential there for more cyber attacks as this war in Ukraine continues. Sanctions continue against Putin and Russia. So cyber attacks could become uh, more prevalent. You uh, EU companies hit by Russian sanctions can get 400,000 euros in aid according to an EU document, and Carnival forecast loss in 2022 as the Ukraine crisis pushes fuel prices higher. I'm sure many airlines are very worried about the fuel price at the moment. I think Qantas's hedging of its fuel costs run out in uh, June or July, and as a result, we could see price rises for those uh, flights internationally coming after that, if not before. A third of US COVID now caused by Omicron BA2. As overall cases fall, and Evergrande sets an end-of-July target for restructuring proposal after delaying the results. And the investors say U.S. SEC climate disclosure rule to clarify mixed bag of data. What to expect today? We've got nothing on the economic front. We did see the stocks 50 in Europe up 1.1%, FTSE up half percent, CACs up 1.2%, and DAX up 1%. Our SPY futures were up 31 points. But it may be that resources take a little bit of a breather today. BHP out of the big rise yesterday of 62 points, 36 points of yesterday's rise was BHP. So that is uh, such a significant part of our market now. Commodities not firing quite so much, but uh, that will certainly have a little bit of a hindrance on BHP, which were only up around, which were down rather, around 0.8 of a percent in ADR trade. So that won't be the kicker. We may see banks kick. We have 10-year yields in the US, 2.38%. In Australia, 2.71%. Germany, 0.5%. I was on 2GB last night talking about interest rates because uh, the RBA does seem to be well and truly behind the curve. But bear in mind that most borrowings in Australia are not priced off the RBA, which is just a signal of intent as opposed to the real market where mortgages and business borrowing and other types of borrowing are priced. Australia, 2.71% for 10-year yields. So that is pushing up the cost of borrowing even without the RBA. Something to bear in mind. Qatar's Qatar Investment Authority and Singapore's GIC and now own 4.4% and 3.1% of the now delisted Sydney Airport, worth around $1.5 billion. So a bit of a backdoor investment by Qatar and Singapore. And Kathmandu results out this morning has reported a statutory loss of $5.5 million on sales, down 0.8%. You can see the gearing there, sales down 0.8% but a loss of 5.5 million sales down to 407.3 New Zealand dollars for the six months to January the 31st. And it lifted its interim dividend 50% to a massive 3 cents New Zealand dollars. Fisher & Paykel said its 65% gross profit margin target could fall by around 2% over FY22 due to high freight costs. This too has implications for ResMed, which has already talked about higher input costs into their business. 
and Star Entertainment, the CEO under continual pressure on his dismissal of money laundering reports. So Star will remain very much on the nose at the moment. And the delay in Twiggy's LNG plant on the East Coast would further add to shortages that we are seeing and could potentially see even more shortages on the East Coast in the gas market. So don't expect your energy prices to come down anytime soon, especially on the East Coast of Australia. Question of the day today. Should ASIC crack down on influencers or finfluencers, as they're called? Should they crack down more on finfluencers? People that are on YouTube have their own YouTube channel talking about markets and uh, are not licensed or not in a position of experience and knowledge to really talk about that, but just have a million followers uh, should ASIC crack down on those finfluences, make, making maybe they take uh, some sort of qualification or state some sort of uh, experience level in order to uh, make comments on financial matters. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, there certainly has been a rise of that in recent years. That's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Facebook discussion group and you can become your own finfluencer if you like, and you can discuss anything and everything about stocks and investing on that Facebook group. It's a great group, 3,500 members plus helping other members, so that's all good there. Uh, If you're listening to this on a podcast and you are looking for more information, you can always listen on the other podcast, the Market Strategy podcast, which is a fly-on-the-wall look at the morning meeting, the On The Desk podcast where the team in Melbourne discussed things financial, some of the sectors. They did an ETF one last week. And my On the Couch podcast. And yesterday I recorded one with a very knowledgeable gentleman who runs a crypto fund trading in Bitcoin. Some stunning results that they have achieved trading Bitcoin and a very, very interesting 40-minute podcast, which I'll be releasing this weekend. So looking forward to that. But that's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. And may the trading gods be with you.